This is Clayton for Podcast Radio Business. We're joined by Professor Bina Condola, OBE, Diversity and Inclusion Specialist from Pern Condola. We're here to discuss time to tackle weight discrimination in the workplace. Thank you for joining us, Professor. Thank you, Clayton. It's a pleasure to be here. Professor, can you tell us more about your role as diversity and inclusion specialist? We're a firm of business psychologists. Our professional discipline is psychology, and we apply that to the topics of diversity and inclusion in the workplace. Can you tell us more about the key findings of the Weight Discrimination at Work 2023 report and the prevalence of weight discrimination in UK workplaces? Yes, of course. A lot of the discussion in organisations when it comes to diversity kind of focuses on gender mostly. Increasingly, it's been, you know, people talking about race. But there are lots of other identities that people have and there are lots of other ways in which people can feel unfairly treated. And so we thought we would look at the topic of weight. And we carried out this research and over 1,400 people participated in the research. So it's a big sample. And I think the main thing that we found was that over two thirds of people actually recognised that weight discrimination exists. And about half of the respondents said it is an issue in their organisation. So really, when we look at all of this situation and we look at the report itself, it indicates that more than two thirds of UK adults believe that weight stigma exists in workplaces. Why do you think that we have these deeply entrenched prejudice, despite real advancements in all other areas you mentioned? Well, I think you may have answered that in your question, to be honest, Clayton, is that the attitudes are deeply entrenched. Uh, and as a consequence, the, the, the kind of efforts that people are making to make people more positive about their bodies, it gains some attention, but it is actually battling against our deeply entrenched, you know, kind of very deeply held attitudes, particularly about people who are those individuals who are living with obesity. It's more prevalent than we like to think it is. Do you think, Professor, that a lot of people see this happening in the workplace and do nothing about it? They don't say anything or come to the aid or the defence of the person that's being attacked, for want of a better word? Yeah, we covered that in our in our research as well, actually. And about a third of people said that they had witnessed somebody being discriminated against because of their weight. And the other point you made is that uh, quite a lot of people, only about 40% of people took any action. Half of people took no action at all. So it is recognised as an issue. People are witnessing it, but we're not taking action. The Discrimination Act which is existence, and we talked about uh, the other things that it covers, such as race and sex, etc., etc. It protects mm-hmm. against all those various forms of discrimination, but weight isn't classified as a protected characteristic. Mm. You know, what challenges does this legal absence of protection to allow this to keep manifesting? In general, and once a society de- decides that, you know, legislation is the way forward, it kind of sends a statement about priorities in the places that we live. And the so that's the most important thing about legislation, actually, is that we in this society have decided that this is not acceptable. I'm not necessarily, uh, I'm kind of agnostic at the moment, actually, about whether we need anti-weight discrimination legislation, but that's the most powerful point about legislation. It sends a message to everybody, this is important and we don't want it to go on. Whether legislation would have an impact 
in the short term. Um, I don't think it would, you know, because it would take a long time for the legislation to be enacted and then for people to understand it and then to respond to it. It will take years. I think there are there are, there are actions that we be that, that we can be taking uh, more immediately, actually. So the data from this report also indicated that some employers were opting not to hire overweight candidates due to perceived health laziness or lack of motivation Mm. how can companies address and eliminate these biases in their recruitment processes you actually have to acknowledge it in the first place i think the key issue when it comes to weight discrimination is that it is more acceptable than other forms of discrimination and bias so people will make jokes so jokes and inverted commas they're they're more likely to make jokes about somebody's weight and make demeaning comments derogatory remarks and they're less likely to be challenged on it. And that's kind of supported in our research, actually. So the first thing you have to do is actually acknowledge this is a thing and we need to do something about it. Uh, the, the second part of it, I think, is actually that when, when you've got people like recruiters saying, it's astonishing, really, that they, they, this is without even seeing a candidate, they would not select somebody who's obese. It's just unprofessional. And that, that level, that lack of integrity should, should not be allowed in organizations and the individuals who are saying those sorts of things and doing those sorts of things, actually, they, they shouldn't be allowed to be making those decisions. I mean, it's unethical, it's unprofessional, and they're not doing their jobs that they were paid to do. And the problem is this, is this also affects the employees as well, because yeah. your report indicates that 40% of the employees didn't report weight discrimination to the HR department because... They either didn't consider it serious enough or they felt that nobody was going to listen. Yeah, those things were the reason why people didn't report the action. Actually, there was a difference, though, between people who were living with obesity and people in the kind of normal, uh, what's termed as the normal healthy weight. People who were living with obesity, the biggest reason why they didn't report it was because they feared the consequences. For people of a normal healthy weight, the reason they didn't report it was because they didn't think it was serious enough. So actually, there's a difference of perspective and a difference of uh, understanding about the impact these behaviours, actions, comments, remarks have on individuals. In your expert opinion, what role should leadership and management play in fostering an inclusive workplace culture that rejects this sort of you know, weight discrimination? Leadership have a role to play, actually, just to make sure that no form of discrimination is permissible. They need to make clear where their stance is on this sort of thing. Their overall priority needs to be saying that we need to create a genuinely inclusive environment where everybody feels valued and respected, irrespective of who they are. Now, the conversations around this tend to revolve around gender, increasingly around race and disability, perhaps maybe around LGBTQ+. But weight is never mentioned. So I think if even if a leader was to refer to this, it would be a significant step forward, to be honest. And do you think really by even just putting it out there, you know, by some of our serious business leaders, that these are things that are not to be tolerated? Yeah. And also for, for people to focus on the quality of the candidate as opposed to how they look, that would change, at least go some way to changing the landscape. It would. It it doesn't sound like anything particularly significant, what you just said, but it is. Because the research has shown, actually, if you you tell people that when you're involved in making decisions about people, whether it's recruitment, appraisal decisions, or promotion decisions, exactly as you said, 
that we want you to be objective, we want you to be conscientious, and we want you to focus on the candidate's qualities and capabilities. Um, that actually, th those instructions do help to reduce bias because it actually focuses on it focuses our minds on the things that uh, we should be paying attention to rather than irrelevant factors. Going forward, what advice do you have for HR professionals and managers who will often have to come up against this in their work, who want to proactively address this and create a more inclusive and supportive environment for their employees? It needs to be incorporated within the training that we're giving to people. So when, when we talk about bias in the workplace and bias in decision-making, as I said, there, there tends to be a concentration of gender, uh, which is a good thing. And as I said, increasingly kind of more greater preparedness to look at topics like race. Uh, but it, we also need to make sure that we're incorporating within our professional training discussion and, around topics related to weight, whether it's underweight, uh, overweight, and in particular, people who, who are living with obesity. So we just need to pay attention and incorporate it within our training programs so, so that people are acknowledging it and have strategies to deal with it. And that, but there's, another, there's a role for everybody here, though, that we can all, and as we started this interview, actually, we're talking about the deeply entrenched attitude. Well, these attitudes aren't just held by other people. They're held by me, too. So this isn't just about, this isn't just about pointing the finger at other people, because that's very easy to do. Look at how biased they are. Actually, what we need to do is actually look in the mirror ourselves. Yes. Be prepared to kind of, when we have that feeling about a person, just to examine it a bit more. When, when um, when we have thoughts which flash through our minds, rather than rather than dismissing them, actually just staying with them in a minute for a moment and just kind of thinking, oh, what does that reflect? What does that say about me? As opposed to what does that say about them? Uh, create having somebody that you can, somebody you trust, who you can have an open conversation with about your own reactions uh, to individuals. I think that self awareness is really important, and that's something that anybody can do, whether you're an HR, whether you're a leader, but all of us can do it. So we've spent uh, quite a bit of our conversation concentrating on the management HR end. Mm. There are going to be people who are subject to this kind of discrimination. Mm. And what would your advice be to them? As with other forms of exclusion, actually, find allies. If the biggest concern is that there will be repercussions if I bring this up myself, and that is the case, particularly with people who are living with obesity, Find other people who will support you on this. It doesn't, they, they could be other people living with obesity, but don't try and do something on your own. Find somebody, uh, other people, who will kind of say, you know what, this is going on in our workplace. We find it unacceptable. When, when people do it as a group, and the group could be as small as two, it, it punctures the idea that this is just an individual who's got their own, they've got the chip on their shoulder, they're a bit of a troublemaker. When, when at least one other person joins, you in challenging this it reduces the chances that you will just be seen as somebody who can be pushed aside that it, it creates an idea that there are more people who share this point of view and we need to pay attention to them so don't do it on your own also the other impact it has when people are demeaned and subject to derogatory comments in this way you need to start looking at strategies to kind of maintain your own self-confidence and self-esteem uh, there is an organization called All About Obesity, and, and I would recommend kind of going and looking at their website because that's very much a kind of campaigning, supporting body. Have a look at their website. But also 
when you're experiencing these things, start looking into ways of building up your own self-confidence if your self-confidence has been affected, of course. But the, the other thing, particularly for people living with obesity, the research, not our research, but other research has found that people will have been uh, subject to forms of victimization and harassment and bullying throughout their lives. So in the workplace, it's merely a continuation of what they've experienced in their families at school and now they're experiencing at work. So this is something that people need to be aware that it has an impact on their self-confidence and self-esteem and there are strategies you can employ to overcome that. Thank you for that. So you mentioned all about obesity as one particular mm. um, a channel that people can go to. Mm. Where can our podcast radio business listeners go to for more information about the report? Thank you. The report's available from the Hearn Candola website at www.herncandola.com. Thank you very much. So Professor Candola, OBE, Diversity and Inclusion Specialist from Pern Candola, thank you for joining us on Podcast Radio Business. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.